0: Welcome to the Boho Business Guide Podcast. I'm your host, De Michelle, artist turned attorney obsessed with helping you build and protect your brand online. If you wanna feel motivated, educated, and ultimately inspired to create the life you desire, then grab a seat or listen on the move and get ready to experience your business transformation. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day. It's a beautiful Friday. Well, I shouldn't say beautiful. It's a slightly gloomy Friday in Atlanta, Georgia. And I have an amazing guest with me today. She is actually the creator and founder of Curate Well Co. And I met Pia on social media as I tend to meet a lot of amazing women. And I'm just so excited to have her speak with us today and to share all of her good insight about building a community, building her brand and everything that she has going on right now during this season. So
1: Pia, I'm going to let you take it from here and tell us a little bit about yourself awesome thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here Uh, so my name is pia beck and my business is curate Wellco. we help impact driven entrepreneurs scale their businesses intentionally while maintaining the integrity of their work and their leadership and without losing connection to their community so we serve uh, women identifying leaders in their local communities and their online communities who are really setting the tone for what their industry is going to turn into Uh, they're looking to do things differently they're looking to change the narrative and they have really big business goals in terms of what they want to achieve and how they want to expand their brand and typically they come from really uh successful careers they're they're experts in what they do and they need help mastering the business side of their business it's important to them that as they continue to grow and scale that their business remains community centric and people focused. And so we live in the messy middle between uh, really like human experiences and personal touches and like uh, what I like to call non scalable activities and spreadsheets, SOPs and data driven decisions.
0: Okay. Wow. That is definitely a very dynamic brand. I love when there are certain elements and pillars to a service while still having a very clear niche. I think that's also part of success and probably something that you're discussing with your clients all the time. You said so many really creative buzzwords that really make me want to go, Ooh, I want to know more about that. But the first thing that kind of came to mind is impact. I've seen the word impact a lot lately, especially because a lot of us are informal influencers, informal public figures. We may not be celebrities in our own right, but we are creating an impact, but that can mean so many different things to so many different people. So I would love to know, Pia, what does it mean
1: for you and your business when you say an impact focused entrepreneur? That's a really, really good question. I'm glad you asked about this because I have noticed it becoming a a more popular buzzword in the space recently. So for me, what impact means is making a really intentional tangible difference for someone. Uh, and then making a really tangible intentional difference for a lot of people, right? As we continue mm. to grow. And so what it looks like uh, more specifically in our business is making sure that every single one of our clients feels seen and known and supported. Like they feel like they are just getting an incredible experience. They are getting expanded in ways that they weren't necessarily expecting. They are um, really understanding exactly how to do the things they want to do. And so what we are not is, you know, here's our copy, paste, three-step whatever to do what you're trying to do. Uh, we're really in the business of helping female leaders uh be the ceo of their business and and feel equipped and powerful in making choices for themselves depending on what their impact is Um, so that's a little bit about what it looks like for us
0: yeah do you find personally i should actually make this i guess more of a personal question that impact is directly tied to like culture social norms really like changing the globe changing the world our society or do we feel like it's more about hey i'm a business coach and I help you feel stronger as an entrepreneur, right? That's still yeah. an impact, but do you find that your brand is more holistic or more specialized in what we mean by creating a big
1: impact in people's lives? Yeah, really good question. You know, I wouldn't, I would say that it it's just about um, like the how, right? Yeah. So our like very direct impact is with our clients and you know, yeah. what I am really skilled and practiced in and how I can directly support them. And as a company, you know, we want that to have a ripple effect, right? So uh, we have launched a scholarship program in the past. We are doing what we can to use our platform to lift up the causes, the voices, the people that we want to. We have longer term goals to, for example, launch a grant program. So I think that those are definitely things that are very much on our radar and are very important to us. And we're making those things possible through a perhaps more like a uh, periphery uh, or, or closer delivery of impact. Okay, so
0: what I'm hearing and we'll kind of shift away from impact, but I'm gonna give you a little credit that you may not have realized you deserve, but I definitely think as someone watching your platform that you've done a good job of making it clear that you're community focused. So in a way, when you say we help impact brands, you're also saying we're helping you create an impact by being more efficient. That's what I'm kind of hearing. Like we're really giving you clear curated, you know, no pun intended there, (laughs) curated strategy that makes sense for you, but also not only does it make sense for you, but it's also going to help you have a bigger impact. And then almost like in connection, your values and morals as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a founder, I'm sure. And as your team community comes through and you're creating more of an impact because you're intentionally helping more people in that strategic way. So it's almost like, I don't know if this is making sense to the listener, but it's a very full circle approach. And there are like layers to that circle. And to me, that's what I'm kind of processing as what an impact driven business is really going to be about so I like it I love what I see on your page I love the aesthetic all of it so I think all that can be so intentional and just every little thing counts and um which kind of brings me to the next part of your brand is community so community is another fun word you hear it on LinkedIn you hear it on a zoom call right we are community and we love each other but like what does that mean for you what's community
1: yeah, totally. Uh, it, it is becoming such a buzzword, you're totally right. And you know, I think the biggest distinction and how I wanna start this explanation is by saying that community is not a label, right? It's not a tag that we slap on a group of people. That is largely how it's being used in my opinion, in this space. And that is not what I'm talking about here. That's not what we're trying to practice. Uh, What we do try to practice is community as uh, partially action right? A set of actions. Uh, there's a very like logistical component to community, right? And it comes back to that, like intentionality of like, you have to do certain things a certain way to like actively generate community. And then there's a second piece of it, which is the feeling of community. Community is an experience, right? We, we have an opportunity to feel like we are in community. It's a feeling of being belonged. It's a feeling of being, um, welcomed and supported it's a feeling of being celebrated it's the feeling of knowing that you have someone that you can turn to uh or ping or collaborate with and so we really approach community from the logistical and then the energetic sense and they work together right the energetic sense is like yes partially just like how you show up and how you hold yourself and we also have like very um detailed logistics that are thought through that contribute to how we're able to create that feeling for people
0: i love that so profound i'm like you have such a nice way of putting things together i'm like ladies and gents she's not reading from a script this is all just off the top of her head no pre-recorded questions i love that i just like ask some things and sometimes i'm like. Was that too hard of a question, but everyone always handles it so well. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for providing more insight. And honestly, I mean, it's really important distinction to make because sometimes on social media, we have a lot of copycats. I'm all for like collaboration. I'm all for using trendy terms, hashtags, you know, nothing wrong with that. But sometimes it is hard to understand what has become what we call in trademark land, you know, generic generic side or generic terms and which things actually still mean something to the creator. So it's very clear that you are passionate about this and that community for you is twofold. And it's important for people to understand. I like how you explained it, that there's like an energetic way of looking at it as well as the more traditional way of looking at it. And especially right now during the pandemic and COVID and the aftermath of like just such a weird, weird year, they say that even just having the opportunity to talk to a stranger, randomly can actually like lift someone's spirits. There was actually like a story or a quote about it. And I was realizing that we don't have that meant those opportunities to feel like we belong as much as we used to. What do you think you've been able to do with your company to actually essentially help people feel like they're belonging in such a very secluded time period?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. And I wanna, uh, I think just first validate what you just said. I went out with a friend for dinner last night for like the first time in i don't know forever because things are just starting to open back right. up where i live and it was so nice. Like we sat at the bar, the bartender was talking to us. We were like, oh my God, this feels like so special. So um I think that there's so much truth to that, right? We do have uh such fewer opportunities to connect with people. And I think that I am just realizing how much I do appreciate the ability to like talk to strangers and not just, you know, look at the same four walls of my house all the time. So love that. And I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think what's been really big for us is doing what we can to blur the line between like human connection and online connection right we're doing everything we can think of to deliver as much human connection as possible through screens right and so what that looks right. like is um you know, it could be sending voice memos in a DM instead of typing text. It could be um, providing, you know, opportunities for us to get on Zoom and really asking people, like, can you turn your video on? If you're in a place to turn your video on, like, please do. Uh, it looks like uh, inviting people to connect offline so still digitally but you know let's say in our membership for example like really creating the opportunity for people to take that initial connection and like go run with it and go like have your own conversation have your own zoom date whatever that looks like so doing everything we can to just like humanize our online interactions uh, i think has really contributed to us being able to create a sense of belonging in you know what is now a very digital world
0: Right, for sure. Okay, so I like that, because I mean, it is kind of funny when people are put in a group online, maybe there are 10 or 12 women that are very like minded, they're great individuals, they're in the same space as you, and then no one connects, they don't follow each other on Instagram, they don't talk later, you know, via email or schedule their own thing. So, you know, when you are a leader, when you are hosting these types of platforms, it is important to almost like push it, right? You know, you kind of have to be like a third grade teacher and say like, all right guys, come sit together (laughs) for lunch and play this game because maybe it is a little awkward, even though we are established adult professional women, it's still like, okay, should I like reach out to this woman and become her friend? And the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think you're right. Like there is almost a responsibility of like the yeah, push people and encourage that for, um, we have a couple mastermind groups going right now too. And for one of them, we actually did like an in-person meetup. Uh, we had the people who were uh, not local phone in via zoom and we had them kind of set up with us, but you know, we did just schedule a, a meetup for everyone who was local. Cause we had a couple of people. Um, one of our other mastermind groups, they took it upon themselves to form like another weekly call. So we have mm. like the weekly call that I host where I coach and I teach and they were all craving a little bit more of that connection. And they were like, are we allowed to like set up another call for all of us just to like brainstorm together? And it was like, yes, please sure. go yeah. for it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I did
0: like an Instagram page so that they can kind of ping each other to be like, Mm. Oh, like, what do you think? Or, you know, just to encourage it because you're right. It is hard for people to do it on their own. Or even like you just said something so common, are we allowed? It's like, of course we want, that's why we create these communities so that people will actually do that. So it's good for people to really be reminded and encouraged to continue on that path. So I kind of want to know a little bit more about you and your story you've mentioned a few
1: times about where you are. Tell everybody where you actually are located and how you got started. Yeah, good question. So I'm currently located in Denver, Colorado and how I got started. So it was really, uh, kind of a a winding road as I think it usually is for (laughs) (laughs) entrepreneurs. So I went to school for communication, psychology, and professional writing for business communications and, uh, graduated, uh, and got, you know, a good job. <laughs> um I worked in recruiting for a tech company. So I was recruiting software engineers for a, you know, SaaS software as a service tech company mm-hmm. and really uh got to learn a lot about like the dynamics of um how those teams operate and how they scale and how they grow which was super helpful. Um I learned so much and, um, really got to build that recruiting function internally at this company from the ground up, which I really enjoyed. I was the first person who did it. They were like, good luck, (laughs) figure it out. (laughs) And that really (laughs) worked for me. And at the same time, um, the like very cyclical nature of recruiting was challenging for me. I'm really type A. I love to like check a box and, um, you know, with recruiting, as soon as you check one box, you're like, all right, here's the next one. So it was, it, it started to kind of take a toll on me that way. Uh, I moved into uh, more of like the HR function. So was really passionate about like the relational component of recruiting. So moved into HR uh, and I worked at a national startup company uh, and I was responsible for the entire HR function. So when I joined that company, there were about 70 employees. They didn't have HR, again, building that entire department from the ground up, everything from recruiting, hiring, onboarding, to uh, compliance and you know, labor law and like all that kind of stuff. Right. So it was okay. a huge role and in that position, uh, the business model for that company was that they had teams in you know major cities across the U.S. and their business model was to keep like popping up in every major city eventually. And so there were all these teams all over the country in all these different states and all these different time zones. And I was, you know, one HR person. And so I was really tasked with not only like building that department from the ground up but also creating uh, processes that could kind of trickle down so that the managers in each of those cities could execute on uh, the HR part of their responsibilities and stay in compliance and not increase the liability of the company. and all that good stuff. And so what I really loved about that experience was that it taught me how to think about how do the details connect to like this bigger picture? How do I create processes and systems that feed this big engine from like all of these other layers and all of these other components? So it was a really like systematic view, which was pretty cool. Um, Eventually uh, left that job because I kind of just had a quarter life crisis and was like, everything looks great on paper, but this, isn't it?
0: <laughs> right. And so
1: I started Curie Wellco with really no idea what I was going to do. Um, I knew I wanted to work for myself and through a series of pretty uh, intuitive and uh, rapid like shifts at the beginning, just kept leaning into what I was naturally good at. What were people asking me about? What did people appreciate about me? What were people coming to me for? What felt natural? When did I feel like I was really thriving and providing value and really supporting people? And um, really found my niche in supporting business owners master the business side of their business. Um, So like I said, we serve uh, people who are coming out of very successful careers. They've done what they do for a long time. They've got resumes that'll like blow you away. Um, And they now want to like go out on their own and do it for their own reasons in their own way and, you know, deliver it differently, uh, shift the tone of whatever it is that they came from, whatever it is that they do. And they need help mastering the business side of their business so that they can hit their goals. And that's where we come in.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that sounds like you have a pretty diverse background, but also a very curated background. Again, you know, like no pun intended there, but it just, it feels like it's almost so perfect for you. So even though you had that quote quarter life crisis, which many of us have had, including myself, which I think any entrepreneur will know or agree that that shift in order to actually take the risk or take the leap of faith comes from the fact that you start to recognize what's missing inward. Inward for you and what's really just not aligned for you. So I think that's really important for anyone listening to be constantly reminded and encouraged that that feeling you're feeling is not crazy. It's not weird. It's normal. And that's your intuition telling you that maybe there's something bigger and more exciting and fulfilling out there. And maybe your life could look different. So I love to hear that element of your story and also love to see that you had some very clear talents, like high level talents for strategy, startup th- formation, and then also kind of being like this mind mapper. If That's like a good word. You seem to be able to, you know, my, one of my clients actually just showed me an app that does like mind mapping for you. Mm. So if you're like brainstorming, I'll have to plug in the name when I check that out for anyone who wants to use that. It's a good way to kind of organize a lot of scattered thoughts because the creative mind can just be like a big jumble and we don't know what to do with it. So it seems like your skill set is like, Hey, bring me all your talents and all your jumble and let's like create a system so that this doesn't feel like a hot mess anymore and you're yeah. going to focus on being this like amazing superstar woman creating a business. So um, love your story. And how long have you been doing this, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, so I went full time in Curate Well Co. in May of 2019. So coming up on two years. Um, and I would say in January of 2020 is really when we kind of took off.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think was kind of like the key factor of the takeoff when you say, and do you mean takeoff as far as like growing your community, growing your platform, social media, what was the indicator? Like, okay, we're, we're getting big.
1: Yeah. It was community, social media, all of those things. And then obviously reflected in revenue and other markers as well. Um, but I think that there's not necessarily like one, one key thing, right. I think that that's one of the things that, um, that people are are getting a little bit fatigued by in this space. Like, here's the one thing you have to do, and entrepreneurship is messy. <laughs> like, I like I think that, yeah. that it's just so it's like, so <laughs> nuanced. It's so complex. There's so much that goes into it, and there's a couple of things that definitely did make a difference for us. So it's not necessarily one thing, but I really drilled down on like a couple of things. So. The first thing is like really understanding the person you serve uh, in like so much detail, right? Like what are the problems that you're solving? What is their experience like? What do they need? Um, And what role do you play for them? And what are like the, um, what I call like the quote unquote like soft markers of their identity as well, right? What are their values? Uh, and, And what kind of like relationship are they looking for. The second thing is really building your business from a place of community, which is kind of the theme of what we're talking about today. Um I so many of my uh, resources, time, energy, attention, went towards cultivating community in the early phases of my business. Um, I really focused on relationship building, getting out in the community, building my network. And that was that was huge. It's always what I recommend to newer business owners, like get in community, talk to more people, meet more people, form more relationships. Um, And then the third thing is like really being willing to like dig into the data. We ask for a ton of feedback uh, and we take it seriously. We are like constantly touching base with our community and allowing them to really like drive a lot of our decisions. So obviously like I've got a vision, I know what we're doing, I know how I want it to go. And our community absolutely has a say in that too, right? We validate our ideas with them to make sure it's actually what they want. Uh, We ask everyone who goes through any one of our programs, like, what would you change next time? What would make this bigger? Um, So we are like very much making decisions from data that we're collecting and allowing that to um, just inform our evolution.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to see if I remember all those top three, really know who you're speaking to. Like, you know, the whole concept of an ideal client, but I think the work that's truly required to make it successful can feel daunting and people skip those steps. So it sounds like totally. you like, don't skip steps, get all the information you can and really think yeah. bigger, not just like, oh, girls like me will be my customer because that's not good enough, yeah. you yeah.
1: know? Yeah. Um, and
0: then it looks like going into the data and then being community focused. So if anybody wants to jot down some key points to really start assessing if, are they doing those things? And then that's when you might start to see the growth because you're right. There's a lot that goes into having a great marketing strategy, social media content. I mean, that on on its own, is like a full-time job. And then you yes. also have to like build those relationships talk to people. And I like that. Not only do you understand the value of having a team, for those of you who don't know, I've had the opportunity to be featured on your platform and to work with you in other capacities. I love that you have an assistant, you have a team, you have people helping you so that you understand the power of delegation while still scaling and monetizing your brand, but you're also very reachable and personable. So it's like, we don't feel like we're just getting the cut and paste or we're getting the robot situation, because some people do pass everything over to an admin and yeah. it feels like they're not accessible. So I think it's good to kind of like give you that acknowledgement that I like that. I feel like I can connect with you personally, mm-hmm. but also recognize that you prevent you present in such a professional manner that mm-hmm. your team is also doing what they're supposed to do. So if anyone is like struggling with that, it can be done. You haven't even been doing it this long. I mean, you, just to see that your growth has gotten to this point and you've been able to build such a powerful community and platform in such a short period of time, I think deserves an applause. So...
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I think approachability is a huge part of our brand, right? Like I love to say that like, we believe women can change the world without wearing makeup. And um, you know, when you talk to me, I mean, you're looking at me right now, right? This is, (laughs) this is what I look like. (laughs) And um, you know, that kind of like casualness is, is really important to me because that's how I want to live my life. Right. I want to actually connect with people. I want to feel like I don't need to uh, be done up or, um show up in a certain way in order to like make a meaningful connection and so that is really important and like yeah I need help (laughs) right we all need help and so um having having people in place to support along the way I think is is also super important.
0: And just so we're clear, guys, you are a very fresh face beauty. Do not take <laughs> the casual energy that you're presenting to undermine still how incredible you look. So I love that. <laughs> the key thing for anybody is really just be yourself because I've had people right. who are super relatable who I'm like, do you put those lashes on every morning? And they are like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. And they own it. So like in going to do, do you. And if you're like, no, I love to be fresh and relaxed. And that is me. I think the key is that you're being yourself and you're not putting on a show for anybody, even if it is a podcast recording or something, you know?
1: Yes. A hundred percent. I think that's such a good point and such a good reminder. And that is what it's really about. Right. And to relate it back to kind of our umbrella topic for today of community, that's, what's going to build community is if you feel like you're being yourself and you're showing up a hundred percent as like who you are and what you believe in and what makes you feel good and what you're excited about and how you want to look and I mean, whatever, right. That is what is going to create that sense of connection and that feeling of community because other people are going to see that and understand that they can show up that way too.
0: Yeah. And that's so clear too, because as someone who's trying to join your community or learn more about you, I think you get that impression just by popping onto your website, looking at your page. I think it all translates like it's not, you're not a glitz and glam, but it's still elevated and sophisticated. Like, you know, so it's like you've done a nice job. I know I'm like singing your praises, fangirling here, but I just feel like it's important to really recognize like what's working and why it's actually working Um, for those who are trying to reverse engineer the people that they admire and they don't understand how they do this. It's like, well, you have to kind of get back to the drawing board and see, do you really know what your core essence is? And then are you presenting it to attract that community? So, um, yeah, I just want to wrap up with like any updates that you have, any exciting news for your business that you'd like to share with everyone.
1: Mm, Yeah. So we, uh, have a membership and it's something that I'm just so super proud of. Uh, we currently have at the time of this recording, probably about 160 members. Uh, we do, um, I do a monthly webinar, I do quarterly bonus trainings. We have two guest experts come in every month. I drop a monthly podcast. We've got a Slack workspace where everyone can connect and collaborate. And what we're finding is that a lot of our members are hiring each other. Right. Uh, so not only is it a great place for to ask for advice or get referrals and really leverage The collective, but actually within the community, people are collaborating, connecting with each other, hiring each other, which is really, really cool. So um, our community opens for enrollment quarterly. And uh, if you want to join in between our open enrollments, definitely just reach out and we'll we'll find a way to get you in. Um, But it's something I'm just super proud of. Um, I love seeing how everyone is really uh, very genuinely like leaning into connecting with each other. Um, I usually don't say things like, women supporting women or collaboration over competition or whatever, because it doesn't feel genuine. Um, And again, I think that goes back to what we've been talking about today is like, it has to, it has to have that feeling, right? It has to really feel that way. And so um, I'm just really proud of all of how all of our members show up in that space with that in mind Um, and would love to invite any women identifying entrepreneurs to join us over there. Wonderful. Yeah, I love it. And I think a really good tip for
0: anyone as well, just to kind of wrap things up, is that because you were so community focused, being the focus of our episode, you were able to actually have a successful membership. Because as someone who has kind of dabbled in the idea, worked with a lot of successful coaches who also were like, it didn't really work. You know, it can feel discouraging, like, oh, memberships are hard. And I didn't know what I was doing. The key tip that I will say is consistent for everyone I've networked with is build the community first. You can't go the other way around. Like it's so hard to be an amazing person. You have all these great experts, you have the program, the curriculum, but you don't have the community. Membership is not the way to go. I hate to be the one to tell you. So definitely build that audience and the community first. And I love that we can take advantage of your community and join every quarter. So I'll be checking that out. And where should people follow you and
1: connect to learn more about the community and just you in general? Yeah. Best place to find us is on Instagram. That's where we're most active. Our handle is curatewellco, all lowercase, all one word.
0: Wonderful. And I will definitely be dropping notes and more information about Pia as well in the show notes. So be sure to check out those links and thank you so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to learn more about you and I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Mm, Thanks a So happy you were able to catch this episode. I'd love your help with reaching more listeners, so do me a huge favor and rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you love any one of my episodes, be sure to share it on Instagram. Once you tag me at the boho business guide, I'll be able to share your posts. So until next time, stay boho. It's different.